You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. noise of life telling us what we need, what to think, what to do, how to feel. Like it is constant. The world is constantly telling us who you should be and how you should live your life. And so how do you actually respond to that noise? And sometimes we think we are responding a certain way but we actually don't realise just how much we allow that noise to filter in and become a part of our thinking and we think that that thinking is actually normal. But it's actually deviated away from the wisdom of God. So sometimes our natural reactions and the way that we've always done things is actually so influenced by the noise of the world telling us what to think, what to be, what to do. So have you ever actually stopped and really thought, what forms my thinking? What actually forms the thoughts in my head? And how do I make decisions? Like what are my go-tos when I need to make either a big decision in life or even just the little decisions that we make every day? And how, how do I actually know what's right and wrong? Because I'll tell you, there is an absolute assault on truth right now. We are being told that all truth is relative and that there is no absolute truth. So what actually forms your thinking of what is right and what is wrong? And how do you actually figure out what the right path is? Now, there's a few ways we can answer these questions and I'm going to need a couple of volunteers. So Barney, can I ask you to stand up? Just stand at my seat. And Sheridan, why don't you stand up for me? And Julius, can you stand up? Now, I'm going to use these guys as examples, but I do need to put a disclaimer that this is not necessarily the way that they make their decisions. Okay? (laughs) I'm just using them as examples today so that... When you're thinking this week and you've got a decision to make, it might pop back into your head, oh, I'm making a decision like Julius did. (laughs) Maybe that's either a good thing or a bad thing. We're about to find out, all right? So disclaimer out there. I'm sure these guys all use godly wisdom every time they make decisions. But let's start with Julius over here. So I'm going to call Julius Mr. Mix-It-Up. So Julius... You know, he, he lives with his best attempts to find wisdom. So he takes, you know, the Bible. Um, he takes into account lots of wisdom from his friends and people in his world. You know, he takes into account the political and the social climate. He's uh, reading books. He follows a few people on Instagram. Um, so he's taking all that collective information, mixing it up and coming up with the best response that he thinks possible. So this is Mr Mix It Up over here. Julius. All right, now Sheridan in the middle here, she's going to go with how she feels. So she's got this intuition thing, she just feels like this is the right decision. So she goes with it, makes the decision, and then I'm going to call her Mrs. Pray a lot because what she does is then goes, God, make it right. God, make it right. God, make it right. God, make it right. So we make the decision and then we just pray that God will make it all right. All right, so that's Sheridan in the middle here. And then Barney over here. 
Barney recognises that he has to rise above all the noise that's coming in. So when he wants to make a decision, he's got this set path that he's following and it's called wisdom. And he's going to go to the Word of God and he's going to go to the counsel of the Holy Spirit first and foremost before he starts to consider the noise that's, that's in the world. It sounds like Barney? Excellent. I think it sounds like all three of them, obviously. So, so this is our three, and, and this is just three ways of making decisions. But, um, but if you actually think about some of the decisions you made, we all want to be like Barney over here. We all want to make decisions like this every time. But sometimes we do just go to our feelings and emotions and then pray, God, please just make it right. And sometimes we're so influenced by stuff of friends or the world or the social, political climate, we don't want to say something wrong, that we actually take all of that and we mix it all together with a bit of God's Word thrown in there and make a decision based on that. So thanks, guys. You can sit down. So today... We're going to trust God and we're going to delve into Proverbs and we're going to learn a little bit about how do we actually be like Barney over here? How do we rise above the noise and hear what God is saying and get on a path that enables us to follow the wisdom of God? You know, in Proverbs 2.6, it says, For the Lord gives wisdom and from His mouth come knowledge and understanding. So all wisdom... All the wisdom that you need for life comes from God. And it is He that gives you wisdom, gives you knowledge and gives you understanding. And the good thing about it is He hasn't made it super difficult that you've got to go and get a PhD to actually figure out the wisdom of God. All right, so I'm here to tell you today that He's put some very clear signposts in His Word that enables you to get on the path that's following wisdom. And so today, we're going to follow the signposts. That's the plan, okay? And if you follow the signposts, I guarantee that you'll find a life hack for your entire life. All right, who's with me? We up? All right. So we are looking at Proverbs, and uh, we're just going to read verses 1 to 2 to start with. So Proverbs 3, if you've got your Bibles, spin it open. You're going to be stuck in Proverbs 3 in a really good way for the next few weeks because a lot of these verses are going to be possibly quite familiar to you. They're often verses that we can quote, uh, that we, we say when we, you know, need something to make us feel better. But we're going to actually spend some time delving into them and actually looking at what the Spirit of God has to say in them. So Proverbs 3, 1 to 2. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. For they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. That sounds pretty good. I think I would like a long life, peace and prosperity. So the context here is these proverbs, this one and and many of the proverbs are written by King Solomon. Now Solomon was King David's son um, and he lived a very blessed life. He came and he built the temple that King David always dreamed of building. Um, And it says in Kings that in a dream, God asked him, ask for anything that you want, Solomon, and I will give it to you. And Solomon was a young ruler and he asked God for wisdom. He asked God for a discerning heart. He asked God that he would know the right from wrong. 
And God was really pleased with Solomon's request. And so he grants him this godly wisdom. Um, And in 1 Kings 4, it actually says, this is what God describes the wisdom that he gave Solomon. God gave Solomon wisdom and very great insight and a breadth of understanding as measureless as the sand on the seashore. Solomon's wisdom was greater than the wisdom of all the people of the East and greater than all the wisdom of Egypt. From all nations, people came to listen to Solomon's wisdom sent by all the kings of the world who had heard of his wisdom. So Solomon's wisdom that was given to him by God was pretty great. So when he says not to forget his teaching and to keep the commands that he's about to give us into our hearts, then we should listen to him. Because this is a man who walked in the wisdom of God. And this is a man who God had blessed with and has spoken his wisdom through. And so when we read Proverbs, sometimes I think we're a bit tempted just to read them quickly. Or who's ever done a Bible reading plan and it actually has the chapter of Scripture and then usually they just attach, read a Psalm and read a Proverbs with it. And so sometimes we can just end up thinking they're these token, little trivial extras that um, sound nice. We write them on a screen or put them somewhere. Um, They're a nice little, I don't know, saying for life. But God always intended that Proverbs would be something that goes deep within our heart. And He spoke this wisdom through Solomon so that we could live a life that was just as blessed as Solomon did. Now we'll notice at the beginning of this verse, He he speaks, my son. Now Solomon walked in the wisdom of God and he experienced the great blessings of God. But Solomon also made some pretty significant mistakes and he experienced the consequences of his foolishness. You know, one of the examples was that God had told Israel, don't take foreign wives. Now Solomon, it says in Kings, he had over 700 wives and princesses and 300 concubines. So Solomon chose not to follow God's wisdom on that one. And because of that, he had significant consequences later on in life. And the kingdom was actually divided after Solomon. So God didn't divide it while Solomon was alive because of David, because he actually um, wanted to bless David and promises to David. But the kingdom was actually taken from Solomon's children. It was divided. And um, a lot of the blessing that was meant to continue generation after generation was lost because of Solomon's foolishness. And you know, Ecclesiastes is also written by King Solomon. And it spends chapter after chapter just reflecting over life. And at the end of Ecclesiastes, this is what King Solomon says. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. So not only does Solomon have a lot of wisdom for life, but Solomon had an understanding that when you don't walk in this path of wisdom, there is such consequence upon your life. And so when he opens this scripture here with my son and he urges us to follow his teaching, he's not speaking these commands as like an authoritative father of you do this or else. But he's urging us because he knows the way of blessing and prosperity and he knows the way that is going to lead to the best life for you. And that is because that's the heart of the Father towards you. That's God's heart. 
He doesn't put commands in Scripture to ruin all our fun. And sometimes the commands of God will go against the way the world's going. It'll go against what you think is best or it'll go against something that you see that you really want. But God did not put them in there to ruin your fun. But what He's saying is as a father to a son and a daughter, I know the best way for you. And if you follow this, I guarantee that you will actually end up in blessing because we don't always know where the other path will actually take us, but God does. So this is the beginning of the path of wisdom. You have to settle in your heart that these commands are the best thing for you and that you choose to follow them because you trust the heart of the Father that's actually speaking them to you. Amen? Amen. All right. The second thing that Solomon speaks of in this scripture is that, you know, sometimes we, we jump down to the reward. We, yeah, we want the long life. We want the peace and the prosperity. But he recognises that there's something you have to do to actually get these commands into your heart. And he speaks about it twice. He says, don't forget it and keep to my teaching. So he spends a bit of time actually talking about how do you get these commands deep within you? You know, it's, it's one thing just to say them over and over again, which is an important part of it. Like we do need to learn the Word of God. We do need to be able to say it, but it's not just about memorising. It's actually about getting it deep within your heart. Now, heart here actually means like the inner part of the man. It's like it's, it's the inner part of you where you think, where you feel, where you act from. It's your conscience. It becomes not just about what you say or even what you do, but it becomes who you are. So Solomon is urging us to get these commands deep within our heart so that when we are on that path and when those decisions are coming in, they're actually the place that you will operate from. It's like Barney over here. It's the place that you make the decision. The noise is loud, but these are so deep within your heart and they have formed who you are that you're actually able to pause in amongst the noise and to make a decision that's based on the wisdom of God. So do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. You know, the reward for following these signposts is everything the world is actually looking for. The world is looking for longevity, they're looking for peace, and they're looking for prosperity. And we have the Word of God that tells you exactly how to walk in that. How amazing is that? Sometimes we forget just how amazing... The Scriptures of God, the Word that He gives to us are. You know, here when it talks about peace and prosperity, it actually talks about a sense of completeness. It's like not just one part of your life, but the entirety of your life will be complete. Every part of it, not just spiritual completeness, not just that your spiritual life has been restored and, and that you are now a child of God, but that every single part of your life, family, finances, work, relationships, every part of that will be complete. Who would like a life where everything is complete? I think that's amazing. And that is along the path of wisdom. That is the reward for when we follow wisdom. This is the absolute greatest life hack that you will ever find. 
So let's spend some time actually delving into finding what those signposts are. All right, so the first signpost, we're going to read from verses 3 to 4. So Proverbs 3, 3 to 4. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favour and a good name in the sight of God and man. All right, so the way that these Proverbs are written is as a command followed by a reward. So that's how, so when we do the command, there is a natural consequence, which is a blessing and a reward that comes out of living a lifestyle that's exemplified in that first part. So let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. What did Solomon mean when he spoke of this? This is our first signpost and I've called it loyal love this way. So loyal love. If we are trying to find the path of wisdom, then loyal love will actually point the way to that. So what do we mean by that? You know, in in this context, when they're talking about love and faithfulness, some of the the definitions or the other translations defined it as mercy and kindness and trust and truth. But what it actually gets down to is this unfailing type of love, this covenantal, sacrificial type of love that sticks with people through thick and thin. It's the type of love that God has exemplified to us and that now is the type of life that God is calling us to live. And the faithfulness is being true to your word, being reliable, being consistent. I I am honestly amazed at this day and age at how acceptable it is for people just not to live up to your word. People don't RSVP for things anymore. Or people say they're going to come and then they don't come. Well, people say they're going to help you on something and then they're not there to help. And it's just become this acceptable way of, of living because we're too busy or we're too... I don't, I don't even know why it's acceptable. But you know what? That is not the type of people that we are in Christ. So we are the type of people that when we say we're going to be somewhere, we're there. And when we say we're going to do something, we do it. Not because we're, we're feeling bound to it, but because we want to, because we are people who are true to our word. That is what loyal love speaks of. It speaks of a people who are reliable, who love because we want to love, who are dependable, who are walking with people through the good times and the bad times and stick with them. So these are the type of um, When we are this type of people, when this comes out of us, it puts us on a pathway where we're going to find wisdom. Because if we have a look at the reward there, in the message version, it says, earn a reputation for living well in God's eyes and in the eyes of people. You know what? When you are a loyal person, when you walk in this love and this dependability, I guarantee you, you will not need to blow your own horn. You will be held in a high regard with people. They will see something in you because it is so missing from the world. Our world is so me-focused and it infiltrates into our lives as well without even realising it. 
we become very me-focused. And so when you're a person that lives for others, when you love others, when you're faithful, when you're reliable, it stands out and you will find yourself getting promotions. You will find yourself receiving favour from people. You will find yourself with this reputation of being reliable and honest and people will trust in you. And it's, the amazing thing is it's not only with men, but it actually says in the sight of God as well. So He so highly values these characteristics that when He sees one of His children being this type of person, then He is so well pleased with that and He holds you in a high regard. He will trust you with things because He sees the type of person that you are. So signpost number one on the way to wisdom is loyal love. You know, I was thinking we we can't really lament the loss of godly character in decision-making and policy-making and in your workplace or in your family or in society or in politics if we're not actually willing to be people that live that way. Because if we actually are, the world will take notice. If we as Christians live according to this word in every sense, people are going to notice there's something different about us. And the policymakers and the workplace relations and culture and those kind of things will come to you asking, how do we do this? Okay. All right. Let's go to signpost number two, verses five to six. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your paths straight. Now, this is a pretty familiar verse. I had these quoted at my wedding, but I tell you what, there is so much depth in here that you could preach a whole sermon on these two verses alone. So signpost number two is not just trust, but it's total trust. So if you want to follow the ways of wisdom, then total trust has to be the way that you live your life. Now, Solomon, if you look at the, can we just switch back to the verse there? If you look at the verse, he actually, you know, we jump down to the reward again. He will make our path straight. That's great. God's guiding my life. And we kind of summarise those first three lines into trust God and He'll guide my life, which is true, but there is such a depth around what it actually means to trust God. And he actually spends three lines describing what that looks like. So he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now, Israel had a lot of divided loyalties. Throughout their history, they trusted God, but they also depended on other gods. And it it constantly led them into trouble. And sometimes we can think, oh, we're not like that because we don't bow down to a different God. But we allow other things in our world to come in that we hang on to and that we trust in. We trust in God as well, but we're depending on those things as well. We're depending on our own strengths and abilities. Or we're depending on somebody else. Or we're depending on a, a way of thinking that actually maybe doesn't completely line up with the Bible. And so we can very easily find ourselves kind of trusting God, but not to the level that this Scripture actually talks about. It says all your heart, trusting God entirely, every single bit of you actually relies and is dependent on God first and foremost. And then it speaks about lean not on your own understanding. I'll tell you what, that's, we can think that we don't do that, but so often 
we go to our own understanding first before we go to God on a problem. You know, I thought there's an interaction can look like this. So you're walking through life, problem comes up. How many times is the first thing you do to do this? Either ring a friend or a family member or um, go to something that you've already known to make a decision or quickly go and read a book or do something to answer the problem and then afterwards pray. That's a bit like Sheridan, Miss Pray A Lot. So we run in and we do something and then we just pray, oh God, please make that decision right. Whereas the interaction should look like problem comes up, I stop, I pray, ask God for His wisdom, I go to His Word, I find something that He's actually said about that and then I could ring a friend and say, hey, God's telling me to do this. Can you pray with me on this? So there's two different ways that we can tackle a problem and we sometimes automatically go into fix-it mode before we actually take the time to not lean on our own understanding but actually go to God and find out what He is saying. So God gives wisdom and His wisdom comes to us and He, he speaks to us and you know, in Him is the answers to everything that we're going to come across in life. And this doesn't mean that you become, you know, ignorant and you ignore counsel and you you don't read any books and you don't develop your own understanding. Absolutely not. God has given us incredible ways that we grow in Him and, and that we can develop the wisdom so that it becomes a part of us. And He has put people in our world that do speak into situations. But it's about the priority. It's about the way that you figure that out. You first go to God... And then you enable the other things that you have put into your life to speak into that. But first and foremost, we rely on Jesus. All right. And it says, in all your ways, submit to Him. So this is speaking about extensively, you know, extensively trusting in God. Have you ever heard of that um, saying, there's a God-shaped hole inside of you that only God can fill? So I, I totally get the gist of that. But sometimes I think that's how we think. God came in and filled this little hole here and He became Lord of my life over this room in my life and He is now Lord of my spirit and that's awesome. But then there's the rest of me that continues to function without Him actually being Lord over every one of those areas. So this scripture actually says He doesn't just come in and fill this little hole here. He actually comes into your entire life And He is meant to be Lord over your finances, over your family, over your relationships, over your workplace, over every single thing that you do. That is what it actually means to submit all of you to Jesus. So when we trust God entirely and extensively and with every single part of us, that is when He makes our paths straight. And you know, the promise here is not just about guidance. It literally means that God removes obstacles from your world. So things that are in your path, your course of life, He will remove so that your path is smoother. I mean, how amazing is that? It would be enough if He just told us the way to go. And at least if there's a big mountain there, we know that we have to go over it and down the other side. And and sometimes you will have to walk over really big mountains. But sometimes God will actually level that mountain for you so that you don't actually have to walk through that thing that was put there to trip you up. That's an amazing promise of God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your path straight. 
So that was number two, total trust. Thank you. All right, number three. We're going to read verses seven to eight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Proverbs 3, 7 to 8. You know, I love this quote from one of the commentaries I was reading. It says, Wisdom is more than a matter of knowing the rules of right and wrong. It is a matter of knowing God. The wise trust in the Lord rather than in their own wisdom. They fear and honour Him and accept His discipline. The Lord, not just their awareness of certain principles, protects Him. It is not just a matter of knowing the principles of God and following the principles of God and therefore you will end up on a path of wisdom. You have to know the God who actually gives the principles. You have to be walking in such a close relationship with Him and following the things that He has outlined to actually find the way of wisdom. I love that last bit. It is the Lord, not just their awareness of certain principles, that protects them. Um, who here has listened to Adventures in Odyssey? Anybody? They're, they're awesome. And I, there's this one story where this knight comes back from the 14th century and he's in like present day time. And he's amazed when he sees a university because back in his time, all learning teaching was done through the church. And he can't understand how there can be learning and education apart from God. And he says something that has really struck with me. And he says, you know, all learning that is not submitted to God is dangerous, lest man think that he is more important or knows more than God. And to me, that exemplifies this scripture, do not be wise in your own eyes. It is really important, absolutely, that we grow intellectually, that we study, that we learn, that we do grow in a wisdom. But our capacity for thought and insight is always going to be limited. But God's is never limited. And ours is always still going to be tainted by bias and sin and pride. But God's never is. So in all of our advances and in all of our cleverness and accumulated knowledge and discernment, we still need to remain submitted to God. And that's what it means here in this word where it says, fear the Lord and shun evil. Now, evil here can be defined as pride as well. So fear the Lord, which is remaining in this place of humble honour. So that's, that's what we're talking about now. It's, it's having a humility before God, that He is still God and that we will follow Him and submit to His wisdom. And it's honouring Him in that. Fearing God is not being afraid of Him, but it's recognising His awe and His might and remembering who we are under Him. Now, your value and your worth is absolutely unquestionable because God sent His Son Jesus to die. So this is not about a false humility because He loves you so much your value is so important that He redeemed you. So it's not that you're not valuable or you're not worthy. And, and it's not about uh, putting ourselves in a position where we speak lowly of ourselves. Absolutely not. You are a child of God. But it is remembering that He is God. And it is remaining submitted to that that enables us to walk this path of wisdom. So we've got to ask the question, am I teachable? 
in all these situations that pop up? Am I willing to submit what I think to the Word of God? If there's a conflict, am I choosing to trust God and um, choosing to implement His Word in my life, even though it might go against what I think is best? And the, the reward here is that it leads to health inside and out. It speaks of this physical and spiritual vitality. There's like this rejuvenation that will happen in your spirit and your health. You know, it's, it's not just one or the other. Your physical and your spiritual health are so deeply connected and impacted by the choices that you make to follow God's ways of wisdom. Amen. All right, and our final signpost, verses 9 to 10. Honour the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with a new wine. So my final signpost is wise wealth. You know, there is no greater test of our love for or our faith in God than what we do with our money. And honour here speaks of a weight. So how highly do you value God or how weighty do you consider his influence in your life? You know, Israel considered in this scripture, they talk about first fruits of your crops. That was their produce. That was what they made to live on. And then they expressed gratitude to God by giving the first of the best of what they produced. And it's the same with us in our incomes. If you want to walk on the way of wisdom, then your financial lifestyle has to demonstrate the fact that you give the first and the best of everything that you earn to God, including the little side things, the side projects, the cash projects, the the maybe at home businesses. It's everything that comes into us that we are not bound to it, but we see it as a gift from God and we give back to Him. And what He says is that His kingdom principle is that this godliness will bring prosperity to your life. You're gonna have overflowing a quantity that is much larger than you ever needed. And let me just just say here, this is not an investment plan. We don't give to get. And God does many, many things with our finances. But you can be guaranteed that you will have more than enough, that He will look after you, that He will provide for your needs when we choose to submit this to God. So four signposts that take us on this path to wisdom. You know, wisdom is absolutely available for you. It's not... I think sometimes we think it's like for the elite or the super elite or those that have studied or those that have lived a long life or those who are very mature that eventually you accumulate wisdom. I want to just bust that myth that you can have wisdom as a young person, you can have wisdom as a middle-aged person and yes, you can have wisdom as an older person in the same way that you can be an older person who is very not wise. It is not an automatic accumulation just because you go through the years. You have to actually make a deliberate choice to follow God in it. You have to actually choose to follow these signposts. Be people who walk in loyal love, in total trust, in humble honour, and in wise wealth. And if you choose to follow those signposts, you know, you will find a life hack that puts you on a path towards wisdom. You know, life is really like this beautiful hike. And when you're going on a hike, there's an amazing destination that you're going to get to. And there's beautiful views and things along the side. But if you want to get to where you're going in the least amount of time 
and the easiest route available, then you have to actually follow the signposts that keep you on the path of that hike. How many times have you heard of uh, walkers being rescued from the Blue Mountains because they saw what looked like a shortcut or they decided to deviate off the path? And life is exactly like that. God outlines in His Word a way of wisdom and He gives us signposts that enable us to stay on that path. And that's what we're going to be continuing to look at over this next series. And I want you to go away this week and there were 10 verses there. So I just want you to spend each day just on two of the verses. That gives you five days. And then you've got a couple of extras that you can just spend time meditating. But just go really slowly through Proverbs and ask yourself when you get to these verses, what part of my world, God, have I not truly submitted to you? Or, or what part of my finances, God, do I need to walk in wisdom in? Or it might be what part of um, my humility, what part of pride do I need to turn away from? Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.